What's up, Wichita Women's Surge fans, and welcome back to another episode of The Surge Cast. My name is Scotty German. I am your host, uh, and alongside me, as usual, is none other than the voice of the Wichita Wind Surge, Mr. Tim Grubbs. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We're rolling right through, having a good time with the baseball season. That's exactly right. We're uh, we're now sitting at the, uh, well, at least when this podcast is being recorded, the Wind Surge are at the top right. of the division, which is pretty exciting. And it can change day to day because it's so tight. It is. The way everything is so I'm, I'm actually kind of impressed like uh we're at this time we're we're at the top Tulsa's close uh right. I mean we're, it's actually a pretty close division it's to be pretty honest cool. well you got the two teams um you know Wichita and Tulsa then Arkansas is about five back and yeah. uh, Northwest about five back so I mean they're within shooting distance yeah I mean it's about you know uh June 26th is the day the first half ends. And I know we've touched on it a little bit, yeah. so not everybody probably understands. That'll clinch a playoff spot on June 26th for somebody in the North and somebody in the South. Both the North and South divisions are tight, yeah. so neither one is uh, determined. And uh, the winner of the first half gets two home playoff games in the first round. Okay. And uh, it's only a best of three. So when I say two home playoff games, it's kind of a big deal. And then uh, you've got... Uh, the second half champion, which will have momentum going into that playoffs. Right. Uh, so it's kind of important to win the first half, the fact that you got two games. So yeah. it'll be interesting. So yeah, we still got seven to go against Tulsa head to head. Right. So that's probably where it's going to be uh, won or lost Yeah. by either Wichita or Tulsa. Or if they split and somebody gets hot, one of the other two teams I just mentioned, right. they can sneak attack. <laughs> I mean, hey, we watched it last year. Um, last year, it wasn't this way. Last year, they threw the divisions out, and it was just the two top teams in the Texas League of the 10, and uh, it ended up coming down to the final day of the regular season with three teams tied for that spot, and it ended up Northwest Arkansas won all the tiebreakers. We were in it, so it ended up being us two. So you see how it works, and then, honestly, a couple days before the last day of the regular season, there was four teams tied because Tulsa was still in the mix. Oh, yeah. So it was crazy last year, and that's just how baseball is, and when you have a 138 games, or last year was 120 games. Uh, it's crazy that you play that many games, and yet it still comes down to the wire. And here we are going to come down to the wire in late June to determine who it is. And even though there's been a ton of roster movement for us and for some of the other teams in the league, uh, yeah, you know, if you're Ramon Borrego, the uh, wind surge manager, it's uh, you still have to scribble in the nine names yep. every morning uh, to figure out who's going to start that night and who's going to play that night, and and you you hope that the combinations work out best. Yeah, absolutely, and that's actually something I was I was wanting to ask about. So we've had, I think, the day after uh, we recorded our last podcast, we were talking about if you get a chance, go out to Riverfront because you got these guys like Spencer Steer, who is a prospect that's coming up and he's getting hot. You want to try to get out and see him. Guess what? Next day, gone, gone, gone. Yeah, you so, called it. You were the one that said it. Yeah. I, I was thinking he'd be here a little bit longer. Spencer Steer came to us at the midway point last year. Yeah, so he replaced Miranda who went up as a position player. So when we lost Jose about the midway point last year, we got Spencer Steer. So for him to leave at the at the midway point this year, that would have given him a full season at AA Baseball. That's yep. what I was thinking. Um, obviously, they pulled the trigger a little early. Yep. He's had great success at AAA in his first 10 days up there. So it looks like a great move yeah. by the Minnesota Twins. And um, you know, not that I say that he wasn't ready, but I was kind of more selfish. I wanted to sure. keep him for a little bit longer. But uh, no, he's done well. Um, Michael Hellman mm -hmm. has since been called up. Another one of our guys that, you know, losing Hellman, I think, hurts the ball club more than Steer in many ways because 
he played so many positions. Um, it's not that Steer played all around the infield, but Hellman played infield and outfield. Right. So you have a f- the flexibility. If someone can't go or someone needs a day off, you could just plug Hellman in at a different position, first, second, third, center field. You know, he can play a lot of different, and uh, both of them have been great. And now all of a sudden you lose those two, and we've we've had a flurry of moves. Now those, the Steer one, I think, was pretty much programmed by the Twins. He was going to go up to help the St. Paul club because he was ready for his next step in baseball development. Hellman was kind of a domino effect. Carlos Correa went down with the big league club. Former wind surge shortstop Jermaine Palacios went up to the big leagues. Hellman was the domino that goes up to replace Palacios. And so that's what happens there. Not that he wasn't ready. Hellman was definitely, I think, ready. Yeah. But now the rest of the moves, we've had about a dozen moves. Just recently. Just recently. A lot of those moves have not necessarily been for player development moves. Those have been because of a, a series of guys getting hurt. And that's what happens in baseball. You know, you have Ben Gross that went down, Zach Featherstone, a couple pitchers got hurt. Um, Jair Camargo, um, a new name to the wind surge, made a great impact. His first game here, his first night here, he had two homers. The next night he had an RBI double, and the next night he hurt his wrist. So he immediately goes on the injured list. Uh, Alex Isola, who's been a clutch hitter for us, went on the injured list with a foot injury and uh, you know some of this stuff is just kind of you know wear and tear some of it is just uh you know it just happens yeah you know so hopefully some of the replacements that we're getting from the lower levels can fill the role do what they need and then the guys that are here can really pick it up and we continue to win absolutely and when we're talking about roster moves i actually got had a nice night with my wife last night we went to dinner and so i was having this conversation of course when you're talking to me i'm generally talking about baseball and uh, she actually had a really good question, especially being in part of the wind surge organization where we have really no control over any of the players. We don't have anything to do with the roster moves. We provide the facilities and, and sell the gear, basically. That's yep, what we do. That's pretty much it. We, we uh, promote our brand. Well, whenever you are in these kind of situations, whenever you have all these guys, these roster moves in a, in a city like Wichita, who generally is pretty easy to fall in love with players people that's something we've always done and you got this this organization and the way baseball works and you have all of these guys that are going to move that you're going to be lucky to see when they are here um how is it like or what does the organization feel and how does it affect the wichita wind surge in the city of wichita as far as a baseball town yeah no i mean it's you hate to say it, but don't fall in love with the guy. Or fall yeah. in love with the guy, and then you just follow him on their way up. Yeah. Um, I know Kylie, who handles our social media and our marketing, has that fine line of what player to post you mm-hmm. know, yeah. on uh, website pictures, Instagram pictures, when you're creating an advertisement or whatever you're doing, because you want to rotate the guys and you want faces to be seen, you, you know, obviously. But at the same time, you don't want it to look too dated. If you, you put a picture of Mark Contreras, who was an outfielder from last year, is now in the big leagues with the Twins, and all of a sudden he's no longer with us. Yeah. You know, and you, you want to promote the product. And we're promoting the Wind Surge brand, right. and we're we're promoting great baseball and these prospects going up. But it is uh, kind of a line because uh, if a guy is here for too long, then maybe you know maybe he's not the guy to promote because yep. he's the guy that might not make it to the big leagues. But yeah, you know, at the same time though, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, it's something that the one thing that obviously I came from AAA ball, sure, you know, for a long time. I feel like we do have the guys here longer. 
Really? In double A than triple A? Yeah. That, that, wow. It, there is a sense. Like, you know, I talked about how Spencer Steer was here for the second half of the season last year. Right. Spencer Steer was with us for the first half of the, almost the first whole half this year. Maybe the first, I don't know, 33% or so, yeah. I think is when he got called up. Watch. And and we don't, I don't have any tip, but Spencer Steer's in triple A right now. Mm-hmm. If Spencer Steer gets called up in June, that would have meant he only played 30 some games at total at St. Paul. Right. You know, would you have rather had him for 90 games or 30? You know, and it's, yeah. it, it, I do feel that way. Miranda obviously was with us for half the year last year, half the year in St. Paul, and is already back up in the big league. So he, he already spent more games in a wind surge uniform than he yeah. ever did a St. Paul Saints uniform. So it does happen. Now, Miranda could go back down because they do fluctuate guys between AAA and the big leagues. But, you know, I do feel like we get a better look at them. So it's a little bit easier, I think, at the AA level to market guys. But at the same time, I think it's why you see Windy get promoted a lot as the mascot, because it's the fun and promotions of it. And obviously uh, the entertainment of it. And obviously uh, our alternate brands with Turbo Tubs and and Tumba Vacas and, you know, soon to be some other alternate jerseys that are one off for a game based off of movies or whatever. So, you know, it is, I don't really know the answer, but I mean, for here, we house the guys. Um, we, We have the situation all set up and, you know, obviously we get to know the guys for when they're here, sure. and we certainly hope they enjoy their time in Wichita and uh, that, that when they leave here. We had the two major league guys that came in last homestand, both spoke well of it, you know, got to see the first-class facility we have here. And uh, I tell you, Trevor Larnick um, didn't stop talking about how great the stadium was. That's awesome. That's you know, great uh, to hear. When you have a guy that's been to, I don't know, he hasn't been in the big leagues for that long. This is his second season in the big leagues, so... I mean, he's probably been to almost every AL park and a handful of National League parks. But to speak that well of our facility and our stadium, you know you're you're doing something that, right. Yeah, and and absolutely. I was going to say the other thing about these guys moving up and stuff. There's got to be a spot for you too. There's got to be a spot. Like uh, you'll for run example, into a roadblock eventually. Well, we have 28 spots. Yeah. So there's times that I get tipped off, you know, because I have to book a hotel reservation for a new player coming in, and I'm like, okay, we got a new guy coming in but we're maxed at 28. Mm-hmm. Somebody's getting put on the developmental roster. Somebody's getting put on the injured list. Somebody's getting sent to AAA or sent down. Or There's got to be a corresponding move. Sometimes I have the move earlier than I have the second move because I just have to make sure I can get a hotel right. as part of my responsibilities with the ball club. So, yeah, sometimes it's like, all right. And sometimes they don't know the move. Sometimes okay. it's like, okay, we're going to send his way here, and then we'll figure out, you know, what's the next step and what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, and that has been, that doesn't happen that often, but it has happened before. Right. Especially when you're a little bit shorthanded. For example, sometimes, especially with middle infielders, mm-hmm. there's only a couple guys that can play second and short. So if one of those guys is injured, mm-hmm. but maybe not injured list worthy, Maybe you're going to miss two or three days. Sure. If you get put on the injured list, there's a seven-day injury list, which means a minimum seven days. From the day you put that on, you can retroactive one day prior if he didn't play, but you lose him for a full week. So if, say you took a ball off the forearm or something, yeah, and it's yeah. a bruise, and it's like, all right, he's going to miss a day or two. You don't want to put him on the injured list. No. But you also don't want to be shorthanded where you don't have an extra middle infielder. Yeah. So sometimes they have to make some other moves yeah. to make that work. Yeah. It's a little easier now in 2021, 2022 than it was like in 2019 pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. They expanded the ro- when they eliminated the 42 teams. We had 25 man rosters in 2019. 
We now have 28 man rosters, which I know it sounds like a little more, but it's three more spots. So it's a little bit more flexibility for the guys yeah. to be able to make it work. And you know what I mean? Even though they, they, but they also eliminated a full team. Yeah. There used to be five teams at the minor league level. Now there's four. There's two single A's, a double A, and a triple A. Yeah. And the last thing, and then we can obviously move on. But the last thing is, is whenever you got a prospect that's coming up and let's say that he gets, he gets up to, you know, Double A smokes it is on fire gets gets you know called up to Triple A but he is now in a position and a good one I was thinking of was a shortstop so you got this this all star shortstop that you've got playing in Triple A ball but he is now behind a let's call it like a legend shortstop in the sure. big leagues what happens well a lot of the times that guy is going to probably be in a package deal trade or something like that. Just also not to, I mean, it's probably the best thing for that player because now he's going to go to probably the big leagues a lot faster because that position is available in the big leagues. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, you and I didn't speak about this, but the Twins are currently in that spot. Right. Um, they have Carlos Correa as, a, you know, an all-star shortstop. Now, he signed essentially a one-year contract, so they're not going to trade Royce Lewis or Austin Martin, right. most likely, who are up-and-coming shortstops. But what they've done with Royce... He's playing other positions. Okay. So he played third last week. He's playing center field. When you come to Riverfront, Austin is still playing a lot of short, but depending on the night, Austin is also playing other positions. Correa signed a three-year contract, but he has an out after one year. If he has a great year this year, he can opt out. So the Twins have to be have to be prepared for his departure after one season or be prepared for him to stay. And if he stays, obviously, Royce has already been up a little bit. He's currently on the injured list. His first game in center field with the Twins, he made a great catch against the wall and injured his knee. Yeah. But supposedly it's not a long-term injury, so hopefully he'll be back. And then, um, you know, obviously, but they're moving Austin around. So yeah. it's flexibility, and I think right now, in minor league baseball and major league baseball, you got all these Swiss Army knives. A yeah. lot more. That's not what the baseball that I grew up with. When Ozzie Smith was a shortstop, Ozzie Smith was a shortstop. And, you know, Vince Coleman was an outfielder. Willie McGee was an outfielder. You know, talking Cardinals or whatever team. Most guys played one, maybe two positions. This era of baseball, you got uh, Arise, who plays with the Twins, who plays like four positions. And you got, you know, you got yeah, a lot yeah. more guys that play multiple positions. And that's what they're developing guys to do to be a little bit. Obviously, the superstars can play one spot, but some other guys that can be plug and play in other yeah. spots. Yeah, well, that's that's how they got to do it. So, uh, but yeah, excited to see uh, what ends up happening. We're going to have some new faces at uh, Riverfront Stadium. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. But you also brought uh, something else up to me that I had absolutely no idea about. We touched on the last podcast episode episode, I believe it was, but we were talking about some funky stuff that was going on with baseballs. Yeah, yeah. So the beginning so the beginning of the season, and I think we touched on it in one of the early podcasts, we okay. talked about it a lot in the last podcast, is Major League Baseball, just like the pitch clock, yeah. just like the extra inning rule, just like uh, the bases, we have larger bases, we are the uh, the laboratory for Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. And our guys are the lab rats. <laughs> That's exactly there. right. And uh, they're out there tinkering with rules, the shift rule. And so this year, the, the plan at AA was three different baseballs. We have 138-game schedule. So one-third would be the mudded baseball, which is the traditional, the baseball that we all know. Yeah. You take the baseball that's made, 
you take it out of the wrapper. A clubhouse guy has certain mud. Very specific very mud. Very specific mud from a river in the New Jersey area, yep. Pennsylvania area. It's actually the factories in New Jersey. Comes in a bucket, and they have a specific, a specific amount. They rub on it. And sometimes you'll see it's a little darker. Sometimes it's not. So that's the way baseball has been for however how long. I don't know the yeah. exact start, but it's basically been. That's the way they prepare the ball. And it takes the gloss and the shine off the ball. There's a little bit more grip. The team is using those baseballs now because we're in stanza two of the season. Earlier in the season, it was like a texturized ball that they did in the factory that they took it right out of the wrapper and it was ready to go. And if you felt the ball... It felt like some chalky lime, like yeah. some sort of material was on it. Like rosin bag like stuff? Like rosin yeah. bag material. And if you looked at your hand, you did have a little bit of a white powder. I think rosin is probably the yeah. right material, the right area. And the guys, the pitchers liked it because there was a little bit of a grip. Um, hitters didn't mind it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hitters want pitchers to have a good grip right because they don't want that ball sailing by their get, head at i was getting ready to say they don't want hour. sweet chin music at no, 98 they want those guys to have precise precision they also want them to tip their hands so they know exactly where the ball's exactly <laughs> so but um so we use those balls in the first court first stands i shouldn't say quarter first third yeah now we're in the mudded baseballs and the final set is a different baseball where it's like a spray-on tech. I have not felt that ball. I have not seen that ball. I have no more. All I know is whatever they spray on it is what gives it the tack. Okay. So we'll see what that is. The early results on the ball number one was guys liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had issues. We You and I talked about it on the last pod yep. on a very cold night at Riverfront. The tack came off of it, and the Cardinals pitchers were having troubles with it our pitchers had trouble with it in corpus christi both teams did in the high humidity okay um obviously this time of year we were in corpus christi the in june last week of may it was hot every night temperatures were in the 90s every night humidity at the first pitch was 80 plus percent so they were having problems getting grip with that in that so it what so i think the early reviews of that ball is that in extreme temperatures either on the upper end or on the lower end, there were issues. And can that be fixed? Can that be resolved? I don't know. Does that, my early indication would be, we're going to probably do this again next year yeah. and they're going to work on that. <laughs> right. Um, there's going to be some people in some laboratories trying to figure out, okay, it's great at 75, but not every game yeah. is played at 75 degrees or Absolutely. whatever. So we get to figure out some of the other stuff. And, and hey, maybe the third ball is what needs to work. Or yeah. Maybe it is. Just stick with what they've got. I know right. that's what everybody, that's what the baseball purists want. Baseball purists are always, let's Hi. do it the way it's always been. Quick change and stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm there, but I'm also not, you know, because I'm also, you know, I, I watch football revolve and the NFL is not the same NFL that I grew up with. And I don't know if this is a better spot, but it is. I like how they tinker with the rules sure. and, it, and it's okay. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. It's a great sport. Yeah. I do like that the games are quicker. Um, we played a game. We played our fastest game of the year on the night that we probably did not want the fastest game of the year. Riverfest is in town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fireworks were set at a precise time. We played two hours and 11 minutes. Oh, God. So there was about an hour of entertainment. Jillian and the promo team knocked it out of the park, entertained the folks. Then they could watch fireworks. But that was a night you wanted to. Yeah. 
two-hour, 45-minute game or whatever. But right. it happens, and uh, but the pitch clock working as well. And it's funny that you bring the pitch clock up. It was so cool. Uh, obviously, I, I watched Major League Baseball, and they're, seeing, they're starting to see these guys come up from minor league baseball. So they start pitching with this pitch clock, and they're coming up now to the big leagues, and these are young kids that are now pitching in the big leagues, and the pitch clock is either non-existent or it's not as long. The pitch clock doesn't exist in Major League Baseball. They have right. the inning clock. Right. Okay, you that's know, the in between innings, so right. they know when the next inning starts. So they use they've employed that now okay. to keep the game moving along. So now because they're they've been so used to this pitch clock right. in minor league baseball and coming into major league baseball, it's they're they're talking about it like these guys are getting on the bump, they're making their pitch and they and, and the games are just going flying by. It's it's like anything. You know, when you do your job or whatever yeah. thing you do, you have your own internal clock. Yes. And if you know you need to get this done and even though there's nobody watching, there's nobody with a stopwatch. Stop yeah. If you know in your head you're supposed to, you usually do it in 30 seconds and you're going to do it in 30 seconds. You know, and I think yeah. these guys coming up are used to it. So they're getting right back in the box. Right. It, where I think it's going to take time. And I think when Major League Baseball employs the pitchcock, and I do think it's coming in so next I. year, yeah. I don't think it's going to be the same clock that we currently have. For, we have 14 second, 18 seconds. You know, I think it will be closer to, you know, it'll Tw- be upper uh, 20s, 20s yeah. and stuff like that. So you're not going to see the extreme results that we saw. Right. Um, we we went the first seven games of this season with no pitch clock. We mm-hmm. they ran it, but there was no violations. Mm-hmm. So they were telling guys, "Hey, that'd be a violation." That be you know, but sure. there was nothing. So our games were about three oh two. Last year's average time of game was two fifty nine for the whole year. Since we've gone to the pitch clock, our average time of game is two thirty. Yeah, that's so not we've right. We shaved twenty four minutes off on average. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you think about it; that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. And the other thing that it has changed is these young pitchers coming up. They are listening to their catchers. They're not shaking off signs. They're not shaking off signs. They are just moving. Which now, is, the one thing that it has done, and if you look at the stat sheet for the Wichita Wind Surge, we have a lot of stolen bases. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. So our guys. We have guys that steal that probably shouldn't be stealing, but they have the baseball intellect and baseball IQ to notice that the pitcher and catcher are so locked in on that clock ticking down. That is so smart. I can take off and go to second base, even though I'm a below average runner or (sighs) an average runner, and might steal that base. And it has happened. And uh, obviously guys like Austin Martin, who's second in the league in stolen bases, he has the ability to run. He's taken full advantage of the pitch clock because if he sees the guys locked in, he's taken off. So it is turning into the 82 Cardinals yeah. where you've got all these guys running. And we even have guys that, like I said, don't, don't shouldn't be running a lot of bases, but they are running because they are noticing that the pitcher's not looking over their way and they're taking off. I can't believe I didn't even think about that. The jump that you can get. I mean, right. it's like being on second and you notice the pitcher's looking at you twice and then going home or yep. one look pitcher yep. going home. You have such a much better jump if you know that pitch clock and where we, he's at. Now, the thing is, we've seen I've seen more pickoffs. Oh, that makes sense. Recently 
than I've seen in, like, you don't see a whole lot of pickups. They're figuring it out. So pitchers are figuring it out. Pitchers are kind of like, look, make, they're they're deking them. Yeah. They're doing the, I'm going to lock in like I'm looking at the clock, and then all of a sudden I'm going to spin and throw it to first, and yeah. I'm going to have the guy sitting over there. And it's happened. Hung out to dry. Yeah. And it's happened. We had three pickoffs in one day. It was two for one team, one for, you know, yeah. so it wasn't three, you know, so we, and that's, I don't remember when they've had multiple pickups in a day no. and it wasn't like the pitcher, the pitchers have that great of moves, right. but I think they are figuring it out. Oh, wow. So they're trying, it's still, the stolen bases are way above average. Right. Right. I wonder, but that's my guess. I wonder now that they've, they've seen that these base runners are taking they advantage are. of it. If they now see if that number is going to come back to reality, a little bit of an average coming down in the second half or the later half of this season. And they're adjusting. Yeah. I mean, obviously pitching coaches are telling the pitchers, Hey, you're, you're letting that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you need to figure it out. And right. I think some of them are playing the cat and mouse game and they're like, okay, I'm going to make it look like I'm locked in on the clock and then spin and throw to first. That is so awesome. I didn't, I can't believe we didn't think about that. Yeah, no, it's, but it's something that I did. It's one of those when you play in the laboratory, mm-hmm. there are unexpected results. Yeah. Like with the extra inning game, mm-hmm. you know, with the runner at second base, there are things that happened early that I don't think people expected. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, I didn't think that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think with the pitch clock, you didn't expect stolen bases to go up. Yeah. Well, it's happened. There's unexpected things that happen because people are smart and right. there's a lot of baseball IQ and there's a lot of good coaches and a lot of good players that are figuring out ways to manipulate the system one way or another. Uh, and we uh, moving on to the next thing I wanted to talk about real briefly is uh, at least now when this episode gets released, we got River Festival going on. Yes. And you are on the road. Yeah, we're on the road. Well, we were on the, we were at home last weekend. Right. So we got we had a turbo tub night. We had two turbo tubs. Right. Nights. We did back to back turbo tubs for Riverfest. Yeah. Since the tubs are back, you know, since uh, tub racing is back on the Arkansas. Yep. You know, we, we decided to wear the turbo tubs jerseys twice as you should uh, as put for Riverfest, since that is kind of where the idea came from. Exactly. Obviously, it did. It's you know that's where it evolved. So right. Yeah, but we're gonna miss the second half of it. If we were gonna be home for twelve days, I think this would have been the perfect time to be home for both. Oh yeah. But you know why not? You know what sure. I mean? You, you, we can't tell them when we're gonna be home and when yeah. we're not. But I'm glad we were home for one of them and we had our biggest crowd of the year. Right. It was awesome. Got and the fireworks were great. Yeah, and you didn't get to have River Festival last year because no, we didn't. So we, you know. Just the time that I've been in Wichita, I moved here in 2019. I haven't really seen it. Yeah. Um, so this is the first. I mean, it was a small, yeah. abridged version of it last year. But no, it's been it's been great. And yeah. it's, it's awesome to be downtown this time of year. Yep. Well, so now you're going to be on the road. You got two weeks straight. Uh, I believe we uh, we go to Arkansas first. Yeah, we're in Little Rock for a week. Uh, big six game series there, and then we're in Tulsa for seven. So, not that I want fans to to go visit another ballpark, but Tulsa's two hours away. It's not that bad, and it's a great stadium. And, uh, you know, I saw several Wind Surge fans make the trip last year. It's we have, rival. We have seven games down there. Um, obviously, if we can win more than lose, then yeah. we have a good chance of holding on and win the division. So um, I hope a few folks make it down for, you know, the weekend games, Friday or Saturday. As I said, it's a pretty easy drive. Right. And the other thing is, is when they come, when they come back home, when we are back at Riverfront Stadium, we play San Antonio. For the first time For the ever. first time. Yeah, and it's been a neat, interesting month because of the way the schedule was last year with regional baseball. We did not play Corpus. We did not play Frisco. We did not play San Antonio. So by the end of this month, we will have played everybody in the Texas League, at least last year and this year. So it's kind of cool. Um, the uh, manager for Frisco is a Concordia, Kansas native. Nice. And I found that out. He was crushed 
when he looked at the schedule last year that Frisco and Wichita did not play oh. each other. He's got relatives. His uh, family lives in Andover. Yeah. So uh, it, it's been a fun week for him to be at Riverfront and for him to have friends and family come watch him manage. And that's awesome. And, and it's cool. Like, even though, you know, I mean, I'm rooting for the wind surge. Sure. And he's a great guy. And he's been, uh, you know, it's been fun when you have a, a local come to town. I mean, yeah. a local ish guy come to town. And, and he is so impressed with the ballpark. And that's he, great. he said, we knocked it out of the park with the best facility in the league. And that's so awesome. That's what minor league baseball is all about. Yes, you root for the home team, but you want to see these guys and, and hear these stories about these, you know, Kansans that, you know, yeah. while they're not wind surge, you know, if you're Kansan, right. you're still rooting for every single one of them. So No, and you root for all these guys. Exactly. I mean, you know, you obviously, uh, whether you're a wind surge fan, Twins fan, Royals fan, Cardinals fan, whatever fan, I mean, you can see, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, a lot of these kids, a lot of these players were watching on the field or coaches were watching on the field are going to evolve and many of them will be free agents or get traded and could end up with another club you know and that's yeah, just totally. the way things are so even if you're a random tampa bay rays fan there's always a possibility that one of these guys could end up on that team we have a wind surge player that's currently in the big leagues right now with tampa bay for example yeah so you know that just it just way baseball works and the way it happens absolutely well we've got uh, we still got a lot of season left um if you do get a chance obviously we'll be on the road for two weeks but uh do uh if you get a chance um two weeks from now we will be at home against san antonio get to see some of those players um we also have a promotion uh it'll be friday june the 24th will be the marvel defenders of the diamond uh so check that out it's on a friday i believe fireworks will be involved yeah no that'll be cool and for people that love marvel movies it'll be themed that night so it'll definitely be in that and i really like how major league baseball minor league baseball have have dove in with with a really good partnership with marvel and Should be interesting to see how it all works out. Absolutely. Guys, if you get a chance, please go out to Riverfront Stadium. They've got new merchandise at uh, windsurge.milbstore.com. Check out out for any Turbo Tubs, Tumbavacas, or Windsurge gear. Uh, And that's all I got for this week, Tim. Yeah, no. And then if anybody has any questions for us, you know, seek us out on Twitter. You know, the Wind Surge Twitter or my Twitter is very simple, Mr. Tim Grubbs. There you you go. can ask us a question and we will be the we will try to bring it up and, and give it a topic to talk about. Well, thank you very much, Tim. I really do appreciate it, guys. All you Wind Surge fans, get out to Riverfront Stadium and go Wind Surge. And as always, surge up.